The Bazaar is a podcast that deals with mature subject matter that some listeners may find offensive or upsetting. The Bazaar is not recommended for any listeners under 18 years of age. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome to The Bazaar. Hello, it's Bazaar time. No, I don't like that. It's time for the bazaar. It's, okay, it's one of those days. The bazaar. Uh, welcome to the podcast where we cover true crime, conspiracy theories, unsolved crimes, and other unexplained events. You know that I love a ghost story just as much as you do. You know, I've never actually seen a ghost, and I've been to several haunted places, so I don't know if I've just been, like, cheated out of money consecutively. I'm gonna hope that I haven't been. <laughs> Not that I'm actively shitting on all the ghost hunters out there. You do you. It's one minute into the episode and I'm already getting so off track. This is what happens when you put an extrovert in a social distancing situation. I start to go completely nutty. So if you have any social isolation coping strategies, I'm here to hear about that. Mine have been so far marathoning old TV shows, Westworld, going on bike rides, and annoying my family dog. Last week, I made a complete fool out of myself and told you I was never going to do a Tiger King episode and then did a Tiger King episode. So really, at this point, anything is in the cards is what I'm going to say. Like, who knows what episode I'm going to pull out next. It's, it's getting dicey. But this week, don't worry, we're not talking about Joe Exotic or ghosts, actually, but we are talking about a really strange and largely unsolved case. Today, we are going to be talking about the Isdal woman. Information for today's episode comes from Wikipedia, BBC, and, of course, the boys over at BuzzFeed Unsolved. On the afternoon of November 29th in 1970, a man and his two young daughters were hiking in the foothills of North Face Yurkian. Ulrikin? God damn it, guys, I did it again. I picked a story with completely unpronounceable location names. Ah, uh, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, Ulrikian? Ulrikian, an area also known as Isladin. Fun fact, this area was also nicknamed the Death Valley due to the area's history of suicides in the Middle Ages and more recent hiking accidents. I mean, we talked about this back when I did Dytlov Pass in like episode one. Why would anyone want to go hiking in an area known as the Death Valley? Like that's just a bad idea. Anyways, the group stopped noting an unusual burning smell. And then one of the daughters actually located the charred body of a woman. Police responded quickly and launched a full-scale investigation. Examining the site, police noted the woman's supine position, her clenched hands up by her torso, and the absence of a nearby campfire. The front of her body and her clothes had been severely burned, and she was largely unrecognizable. Also located near the body and affected by the fire were an empty bottle of St. Halvard, which is a low-cost liqueur, two plastic water bottles, a plastic passport container, rubber boots, a woolen jumper, a scarf, nylon stockings, an umbrella, a purse, a matchbox, a watch, two earrings, and a ring. Also around the body were traces of burned paper, and beneath it was a fur hat which was later found to have traces of petrol. All identifying marks and labels on these items 
had been removed or purposefully rubbed off, which is weird, as if the entire situation isn't weird. Three days later, investigators found two suitcases belonging to the woman at the Bergen Railway Station. In the lining of one of these suitcases, police discovered about $137 in U.S., which that's like 1970 money. Among other things, they found clothing, shoes, wigs, makeup, eczema cream, 135 Norwegian kroner, Belgian, British, and Swiss coins, maps, timetables, a pair of glasses with non-prescription lenses, sunglasses with partial fingerprints that matched the body, cosmetics, and a notepad. As with the body, any possible identifying information had been removed. No driver's license, no nothing. I mean, all in all, this sounds like the start of some weird spy movie, right? <laughs> An autopsy at the Gates Institute concluded that the woman had died from a combination of incapacitation by phenobarbital and poisoning by carbon monoxide. Soot was found in her lungs, indicated that she was alive when she was burned, and her neck was bruised, probably from a fall or a blow to the head. Analysis of her blood and stomach showed that she had consumed somewhere between 50 to 70 Fenmol brand sleeping pills, and found next to her body were a further 12 sleeping pills. At autopsy, her teeth and jaw were removed due to her unique gold-filling dental work, and tissue samples of the organs were taken. Police then launched an appeal for information in the Norwegian media regarding the case. The last time this woman was known to have been seen alive was on also the 23rd of November, when she checked out of her room 407 at the hotel... Here we go again, guys. <laughs> Let me just try this out. The Hotel Hord... Hordheim. Hordeheim. Hordeheim? The Hotel Hordeheim. Let's say that five times fast. Hotel staff told police that she was good-looking and roughly around five foot four. Hey, same girl with dark brown hair and brown eyes. The hotel staff noted that the woman mainly kept to her room and seemed to be on guard. When she did check out, she paid her bill in cash and requested a taxi. Her movements between then and the discovery of her body remain unknown to this day. Police were able to decode the notepad entries and determined that they indicated dates and places that the woman had visited, but like, in some strange code. As a result, based on handwritten check-in forms, police determined that the Isdal woman had been traveling around Norway and Europe with at least eight fake passports and aliases while claiming to be a Belgian woman. It was also learned that she had previously stayed at several hotels in Bergen and was known to change rooms right after checking in. She often told hotel staff that she was a traveling saleswoman and an antiquities dealer. One witness said that she overheard the woman talking to a man in German in a Bergen hotel. Others who had mentioned she also spoke Flemish and broken English, and apparently she smelt of garlic. People who saw or met her also commented that she wore wigs, several different colored wigs. Composite sketches based on witness descriptions and the analysis of her body were then circulated in many countries via Interpol. Despite the significant police resources deployed at the time, the unknown woman was never identified and the case was actually quickly closed. While authorities concluded that she had committed suicide by ingestion of sleeping pills, others believe that there is evidence that she was murdered. On February 5th of 1971, the Isdal woman was given a Catholic burial based on her use of saints' names at check-in form. Her funeral was attended by 16 Bergen police officers, 
and she was buried in a zinc coffin to preserve her remains. Her ceremony was also photographed in the case of relatives came forward a year later. Many questions remain unanswered about the case, especially for the reasons of the woman's many identities and unexplained travel plans. The conclusion of the local police remains that of a suicide. Given the doubts raised by this finding, the police and the Norwegian intelligence were also suspected of being pressured to shut down or cover up the case. Multiple investigations actually point to the possibility that she was a spy given the Cold War context of the time. Norway has also experienced other strange disappearances in the 1960s, close to military installations which also track back to international espionage. The declassified records of the Norwegian National Defense also reveal that many of the women's movements seem to correspond with the top-secret trials of the Penguin Missile, which definitely look that up. It's a really interesting case. Anyways, a fisherman at the time is also to have reported recognizing the unknown woman while observing military movements in Stavanger. I mean, the fact that she had nine fake passports, and I'm assuming that these nine fake passports looked good enough to pass from country to country, that had to involve, like, a very, very professional organization. Here's a weird side bit of information. The taxi driver who picked her up from the hotel to the station was never actually found. In 1991, a taxi driver wishing to remain anonymous said that after picking up the unknown woman at the hotel, they were actually joined by another mysterious man before hitting the station. In 2005, a Bergen resident, who was 26 in 1970, told a local newspaper that after seeing the sketch circulated, he had suspected that the dead woman was the woman he had seen five days before the body was found when he was hiking on that same hillside. Surprisingly, she was dressed lightly for the city rather than for a hike, and was walking ahead of two men wearing coats who looked different. I don't know what di different means, if they just didn't look like they were from around there, or they were wearing weird hats, I'm not sure. To this witness, she appeared resigned and seemed about to say something to him, but then didn't as he walked by. He went to someone he knew at the police to report this, but he was told to forget about it. Therefore, neither his name nor his alleged sighting was actually recorded at the time. In 2016, the case was actually reopened. The NRK, which is a Norwegian government-associated press outlet, commissioned the American artist Stephen Missal to complete six alternative sketches of the Isdal woman, which were shown to people who had allegedly seen her. In 2017, stable isotope analysis of her teeth had been taken from her unburied jawbone, which is uh, yikes, indicated that the woman had been born about 1930 in or near Nuremberg, Germany, but had moved to France or the France-Germany border as a child. I'm not really sure how they were able to pull that information. Science is wacky. In 2018, the NRK and the BBC published a podcast series titled Death in Ice Valley, which included interviews with eyewitnesses and forensic scientists, also suggesting that the Isdal woman's birthplace may have been southern Germany or the French-German border region, and that she was likely born in 1930 minus or plus a few years. She was also likely raised in a French-speaking Belgium area. In June of 2019, the BBC revealed that the listeners of the podcast had given some more clues. The most recent update we have about the case is that Colleen Fitzpatrick 
a geneticist with the DNA Doe Project, contacted the Death in Ice Valley team to offer her help in identifying the woman through genetic genealogical isotope testing of autopside, autopside tissues. Can you tell that I am not a science person? What we do know for sure is that the Isdal's woman's identity is largely unknown, whether the fact that she was from France or Germany or Belgium. That's the only real information we know. In my opinion, I think it's strange that she had all this spy-like code gear, wigs, and different passports on her, and no one's able to really explain that. To me, it kind of seems like a case of some Cold War espionage running wrong. Maybe she was caught and some deal went through. Trading for information like that wasn't that rare during that time period. In the year 2020, despite all the technological advancements that DNA has made in terms of crime scene investigation, we still have no idea who this woman is. And I don't think we ever will either. Who knows, maybe there is a reason that the Norwegian government is covering up her actual identity. More strange things have happened, right? Thank you so much for stopping by this episode of The Bazaar. I am your host, Alicia Grek, and I thank you for spending your Friday with me. Whatever you were doing while listening to this podcast, cleaning, marking papers, taking a nap, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't think my voice is that soothing to do that. But thank you so much for listening to this episode. There are over 30 episodes of The Bazaar out there for you to enjoy on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, on Spotify, and on Anchor FM. Wherever you listen, turn on those notifications. Also, follow us on Instagram or Twitter at The Bazaar Pod. Just another quick announcement, the season finale of The Bazaar is coming up, believe it or not. Including this episode, there are four more episodes of The Bazaar for season two. We'll be taking a little summer vacation, but we will be back just in time to get your Bazaar fix. As always, stay safe, stay healthy, and peace out, nerds.